All right, welcome back to the sixth episode of the Catholic Cinema Crusade podcast. I'm Nick Olzik. I'm your host and the head writer. Uh, Violet Olzik, my lovely wife, is our editor and producer. Today's episode, we will be talking about the new film, The Miracle Club, from Sony Picture Classics. And about miracles in general. So to start off, I thought it would be fitting to invoke the one person who is called the miracle worker, in our house at least, um, and that is St. Nicholas of Myra. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, men. Dear Lord, through the prayers of St. Nicholas, who works so many miracles, especially on behalf of the young, we ask that you would please bless all of these listeners and help us in our reflection today. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So let's start with, in Catholicism, what the traditional definition of a miracle is. A miracle, strictly speaking, is a break in the normal natural order. Our world is filled with natural laws. One of the great gifts that God gives us is the intellect to understand the natural laws of our universe. Things like physics and chemistry and logic and reason things have patterns. We can organize life and categorize things. The, one of the first commandments God gave in Genesis to man was to dress and keep the garden. In other words, to organize, to work in that case as a work of pure creativity, but to do things, to organize. And yet occasionally God will kind of come through the veil and show that he is the author of all reality. He is the author of the natural law. And thus, while he has bound our existence in natural law, he himself is not bound by it. And thus, occasionally, he can simply choose, when he wishes, to not have the laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, etc., work the way they normally would. And this is one of the main ways that he demonstrates to us uh, his existence to just occasionally show that, hey, I'm really in control, to show us and uh, help us to have faith. Jesus himself primarily demonstrated who he was and that we could trust his teachings, his moral teachings, by the miracles that he performed. So, for example, when they bring in the uh, man on a mattress who is paralyzed, Jesus looks at the man and says, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is rather presumptuous of him in the Jewish law because only God can forgive sins. And here you have Jesus, this third-party person, without even knowing who this person is, forgiving his sins. But then Jesus turns to them and says, I will show you that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. And he turns to the man and says, get up and walk. And this man who has been paralyzed his whole life, whose muscles have astrophied, who doesn't even necessarily know how to do it, simply stands and is able to walk. That is a miracle. But the way that kind of modern 21st century uh, terminology uses miracles in a much broader context, a miracle is really anything that kind of demonstrates a greater purpose or something beautiful or something miraculous in the world. I remember uh, one of my favorite TV shows growing up was Joan of Arcadia was this kind of uh, spiritual uh, drama that was on the early 2000s. It was only on for two seasons, but it was really good. It's by the creators of Touched by an Angel. There's a scene early in the film where Joan of Arcadia, Arcadia, of course, 
a play on Joan of Arc. Arcadia is this suburb in Southern California. And she's meets this man who claims to be God. And she doesn't believe him at first. And she says, okay, show me a miracle. And he says, how about that? And he points at a tree. And she goes, uh, that's a tree. And he goes, let's see you make one. It's a clever line. It's funny. But it doesn't really have the strict traditional definition of a miracle. Okay. I, I remember hearing a lot, you know, when my first children were born, people were like, oh, he's such a precious miracle. Well, no, not, I mean, obviously I love my children very much and they are precious, but they aren't miracles. I'm very well aware of the natural course of events that led to their creation and to their growing up and their, you know, expression. Um, so, you know, this is something that our, our world gets wrong a lot because I think it downplays the importance of miracles in our spirituality. There are still miracles today. You can't get canonized a saint without a miracle. And so that brings us to the film we're talking about today, which has the word miracle in its title, and that is The Miracle Club. So first, let's just go through a little bit about this film. It's by Sony Pictures Classics. It's directed by uh, Thaddeus O'Sullivan, uh, who is now in his uh, mid-70s. I actually had the uh, privilege of having an interview with him, which I was very gracious that uh, he provided. Uh, and he has a long history of uh, work in Ireland and the United Kingdom, especially. He directed several episodes of uh, Call the Midwife, which my wife is a huge fan of, um, and some smaller dramas. I remember he did one with Martin Sheen. Um, and in some ways, this is kind of his magnum opus because he really dives deep into his childhood in the 1960s with Ireland. It takes place in the 1960s. He told me he left Ireland right when this film would have taken place when he was 18 years old. Um, so this is very much a world he's familiar with. And it's about these four women in the late 1960s who are very much from kind of the old school of Ireland. Okay. Um, uh, so the, the main two women are Eileen and Lily. Eileen is played by Kathy Bates. Lily is played by Maggie Smith. Lily is much older. She's well into her 80s. Eileen's kind of uh, middle-aged. And then uh, the third person we meet is this much younger woman, probably in her late 20s, early 30s, named Dolly, played by Agnes O'Casey. And there was a fourth member of this, quote, Miracle Club, a woman who was Lily's age, so again, her 80s, but who recently passed away. And these four women basically make up a little local singing group. It's something they do for fun. And they enter a local contest at a church with the goal of winning first prize, which is a trip to Lourdes, an all-expense-paid trip to Lourdes. Of course, they're all Irish Catholic. They're all very devout, and they're all excited to make this religious pilgrimage with the church, but they don't have the funds, being rather low income. So they're hoping to win this. They actually win second place, which is like an 80-pound piece of ham, which is what I would have loved to win. But uh, the first place winner was a child. He doesn't really need the ticket, so he gives it to them, and so they're off to Lourdes. Shortly before they go, however, uh, the fourth member, the one who recently passed away, her daughter, Chrissy, completely out of the blue, shows up for the funeral. Eileen, Lily, Dolly, they were not expecting the daughter to show up. She has been gone for decades and decades. She's around Lily's age. Um, and, excuse me, she's around Eileen's age, Kathy Bates' character. And it's clear right when she shows up, there's some 
hidden tension. Everyone is very suspicious of her. There seems to be some kind of past trauma. They wonder why she's here, why she even bought her show up. You haven't seen your mom in decades. But she was invited. She comes. She shows up. And kind of begrudgingly, she agrees to take the fourth ticket, the ticket that was meant for her mother and to go with these women to Lourdes. And so this sets up kind of the main central conflict is you have three women who are going very much each of them hoping for a traditional miracle, a healing of some kind. And then you have Chrissy, played by the great Laura Linney, uh, who is not really sure why she's coming. It's almost as if Initially, she comes purely out of spite to annoy these uh, other women. She doesn't know Dolly very well, but she seems to know Eileen and Lily very well. And so they head over to France, uh, and they go to Lourdes. And Eileen, her miracle that she hopes is she has a lump on her breast that she's worried is cancerous. So she's hoping that being near the waters to take a bath in the waters of Lourdes will cure her of this ailment. Lily doesn't, Lily has a physical ailment. One of her legs is shorter than the other, but she doesn't really seem set on that being her miracle. Instead, she keeps referring to her son, who died very long ago in the 1920s, almost 40 years prior. Uh, We see a plaque early in the film commemorating where he died, that he apparently drowned. And Something about going to this trip she feels will connect her to her son or forgive her son or heal her son. It's a little unclear at first. And then again, Chrissy doesn't really care. Uh, She spent 40-odd years in America, and during those 40-odd years, she's lost her accent and her Catholic faith. Um, But very slowly, they start to open up. Being in a sacred place, being in a place where you know miracles have happened, it tends to soften you a bit and you let go of your hate you let go of your resentments and uh chrissy actually becomes kind of a a caretaker for lily again played by the fantastic maggie smith who's great the whole movie um and she kind of takes care of her and opens up and i won't spoil too much but ultimately Long ago in the past, there were two deaths, and these women were involved in some capacity in the deaths of these two individuals. And by the end of the film, they've opened up about the what's happened, and kind of secrets are revealed, and there's a reconciliation. Chrissy kind of reconciles with her deceased mother and learns why she did what she did. She reconciles with Lily, with Eileen. Eileen and Lily reconcile with her. And there's kind of this nice, beautiful bow where at the end of the film, they all return back to Ireland together. They're going to help one another. And it's a very nice, you know, drama. It's a very, you know, kind of straight-laced drama. But the miracle never really happens. There's a small suggestion right at the end of the film that maybe there was a miracle, but it's very easily explained away and frankly not part of the main film. Now, there's two things about this film I really love. The first is the acting. Uh, Laura Linney, Kathy Bates, Maggie Smith, uh, actors I hadn't seen previous, people like the Irish actress uh, Agnes O'Casey as the young woman going, hoping for a miracle for her child. Uh, Mark O'Halloran, who plays the, the parish priest. I love films that just have good actors doing great. It's like watching the Yankees in the 1950s, you know, just beautiful, wonderful masters of their craft, just doing a fantastic job. 
If you have a good film that's written well with actors, even with a kind of a sloppy theme and doesn't have a plot that really works, you can just watch and appreciate what you see. And into this, it, it soars leaps and bounds. I mean, it's just top tier. Paris O'Sullivan went out of his way when I was interviewing, talking about how professional they were. He was particularly um, intrigued by Maggie Smith. I mean, Dame Maggie Smith, uh, winner of two Academy Awards, been acting since the 1960s when this film actually took place. Now 88 years old, Harry Potter, Downton Abbey. And still, he said he was astounded at how hard she worked, that she would show up to set early, that she would, you know, make sure she went over her lines, that she would talk and banter with her, you know, uh, you know, uh, fellow actors. For her, it was a profession and she was very professional about it and was very willing to listen to the director. Um, and so purely from an acting standpoint, it's definitely if you just like a nice drama that's with good actors, this is certainly a film for you. The other thing I liked about it that Thomas O'Sullivan talked a lot about is that this is clearly someone who loves his Irish heritage, loves his Irish past. I, I really appreciated the detail in the art direction. Like the, there's a chipped teapot and kind of the, the paintings on the wall, which you could get at the dollar store. I mean, these are like small rundown apartments, but very faithful, you know, Kathy Bates character, Eileen, She's a middle-aged woman with a husband who is always at the pub and she has like seven children of all ages, but she's down and working and making sure everyone's okay, making sure the cooking gets done. And Catholicism just permeates everything. People say, God bless you to each other. People see each other at mass. It's a culture that's really passed away. And in fact, for the director, uh, O'Sullivan, he said that this was one of the main reasons he set the film at that time was he wanted to present to modern Irish culture, which has very much kind of abandoned the traditional Catholicism values that made it one of the stalwart Catholic cultures for centuries, to kind of very gently remind the newer generations that the older generation wasn't all bad. I mean, there's been a lot of bad press with the sex abuse scandal of the Catholic Church and... Um, some of the more kind of secular elements that have permeated this society. And he's trying to show that there was a lot of good back then and the young people should remember that. On the one hand, I appreciated that and I admired the detail and how beautiful the mise-en-scene was, but it also seemed kind of sad. I didn't think it was forceful enough. You can't gently drive out the snakes, okay? You got to have a St. Patrick <laughs> to do that. Um, and Ireland, for all its problems, still has many great stalwarts, still has many good people who are working to save that culture. And this is something you see, you know, across the board in every culture at all times. There's always people who are trying to save what a culture has and then people who want to update and modernize to its detriment uh, many times. And while I think this film does a good job of kind of showing that, it does, I don't think it will be convincing to a modern audience that, hey, we should go to church more often. Hey, we should investigate Michael Collins and St. Patrick and the people of our past. Um, but nonetheless, I think it was good for that reason. So to kind of get to the main point of this, what was frustrating about this film is it was very much miracles in the modern sense. The miracle for these women was reconciliation. The miracle was getting to know each other, 
healing the wounds of the past. And the church is all for that. Obviously, Jesus is the reconciliation between us and the Father. That's fantastic. That's a great film. But that's not what a miracle is. And the fact that it kind of completely ignored that side. They get to Lourdes. And they ask them, how many miracles have occurred here? And they say, 62. And I was like, wow, 62. Confirm miracles? Like, I had a brain tumor. I bathed. And then the brain tumor wasn't there. That's pretty impressive. But they actually seem very unimpressed. Um, Lily, uh, Maggie Smith says, 62 in 150 years? That's less than one a year. And there's thousands of pilgrims. What chance do I have? Versus Chrissy, when she hears 62, she just kind of shrugs it off and says, eh, it was probably just their imagination, you know, whatever. It would have really helped this film if a real miracle happened. If, for example, after the reconciliation between Lily and Chrissy, Lily was healed of her leg, even though she didn't really want it, just as kind of a sign, this is that God is here and that God listens and God wants this kind of reconciliation. It's fine to make a drama. It's fine to do what Thomas O'Sullivan has done here, making a nice little film, but it could have been so much more. And it's very much feels like a kind of postmodern interpretation of spirituality as opposed to kind of the meat and potatoes faith, faith that made Ireland great and produced saints throughout all the centuries. So what I would encourage the audience, you know, if you want to watch this film, fine. It's a really nice film. I have nothing really against it fundamentally as a film, but it could have been so much more because there are so many miracles that are still happening. Eucharistic miracles. There have been several that have been confirmed just within the last decade. Apparitions. Just so much great stuff happening and people are ignoring it to their detriment. And I'm Unfortunately, I feel like the Miracle Club didn't really have the miracle that I was looking for. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. And God bless you. And I will see you next week with another film.